You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives. Getting us towards zero. Kelly tries to clear through that pressure but it tells again. It came to Ellis. Over to Rioli. And like Cyril, this man Daniel knows how to kick big goals on this arena. A long kick in towards Paul Porras. And the mark by Jenkins plays on and kicks the goal. The big man gets his first. And now Krauss is under the pump. He's tackled and penalised holding the ball. Butler. Butler hit it again. Quick flick. Here's a chance. Short from the 50. He's a magnificent kick. He slowly raises his arms to celebrate another Richmond goal. Edwards on the left foot puts Richmond inside. 50 and the crowd for Rewald. He plays on, he plays on, and he kicks an extraordinary goal. Stretches the handball to Ellis. The next kick run. to Greg. They come charging through half ball with Prestia. Scrambling ball inside 50. Set perfectly for Edwards. Right to the right. Back on the left. Tigers in full flight at the MCG. You just can't beat them right now. By hand to Lambert and Natarioli strolls through the 50. Adrenaline pumping, hearts pounding from the Tigers proudly as Rioli kicks his second goal. And the Tigers have swatted away the Crows at the start of the last. It goes into the pocket again. The fly that oh. time. Oh, whipped oh. it through is Edwards. Ripped it off the pack and kicked another. He's another star. Take your ticket, Tigers. In fact, speak your tickets. Richmond fans, get in line for that last day in September. <laughs> no doubt. And the Tigers are going to triumph once again. On the last day in September in 2017, Richmond won by 48 points. And in round 16, 2018, Adelaide have only made up one point. Tiger fans, sit back in delight to enjoy the show. It's a testament to the players. You know, we just spoke about it then after the, you know, in the match review how, you know, Adelaide came hard, I reckon, in that third quarter, won that quarter and got within, I think, 16 points. And, you know, guys have just got this ability to, to raise the fight and, and go again. You know, I thought we had some really good stand-up plays. You know, I think every player had a moment tonight, which is great. A grand final replay indeed after another dominant display at the MCG. We ask if the 2018 flag is Richmond's to lose and who is the biggest rival. We'll chat to an emerging Tigers star. 
the end of it, there'd be a number of guys that wouldn't be happy with how they played tonight. The guys who are coming back from injury, it's, it's expected that they're going to take a little bit of time just to find their feet. That's, you know, this game just takes a little bit of time to pick up the speed again. The senior guys do it a lot quicker. The younger guys take a bit more time, but we've always been aware that, you know, bringing guys back in, the, the magnets look good, but they've got to be in a spot where they're ready to, to play and, and play their role and then perform really well, which, you know, that'll, that'll evolve as, uh, as they get more games under the belt. The Crows 2018 finals campaign is just about done. So should they trade aggressively to get their pick of the star South Australian under-18s? Decided to officially hang up the boots from AFL football. It's been such a, an amazing journey and I'm truly thankful for the Hawthorne Football Club and, and what they've given me. He just jumped for the ball himself from a 40-metre kick. He just landed on his left knee and you could just see the slightest of twist in it. As we know, we're in the dark at the moment, so we'd love to know, but... Where we sit, we're not sure. Kieran obviously did the medial early and Hannah's hurt his calf pretty early so we just had to play him forward and uh, Macca has got a broken collarbone. I don't mm. think necessarily we need to, to use that protected zone as a means to speed the game up and make sure it's more free-flowing. In the crunch, we ask if Cyril will play again. There's more injury chaos, the heat rises in the rules debate. The takeouts from Thursday night footy and a look ahead to the rest of round 16, including the Jack Lacocious Cup with Greg Swan, our guest, in the box at the Gabba. It's another massive edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Good morning everyone and welcome to Crunch Time and if you're a Tigers fan you're feeling on top of the world after another dominant display at the MCG. They were way too good when it mattered for the Adelaide Crows last night. A lot to reflect on, all great if you're a Richmond fan, they are now the red hot favourites for the 2018 flag. Who is their biggest rival? We'll ask that of our panel today. I have Bob Murphy alongside me here at the Gabberts. Quite humid up here yeah. Bob ahead of the 17th versus 18th clash. Hello Hutto, yeah we are. It's a uh a bit in it for the seamers today. It's a yeah. bit, bit sticky up here, but it's... It'd probably bowl, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's a, but it's a great conditions for the for Carlton and Brisbane today. Oh, they were magnificent, Richmond, weren't they, last night? Yeah, they were. They, um, I mean, big game going in. A lot of talk about it in the build-up, but when the whips were cracking, they uh, oh, they were they were far too good. They're such an even, such an even side. Yeah, they certainly did crack last night. David King joins us on Crunch Time, and Adam Cooney, so it's a slightly... New look, uh, revised crunch time team today, boys, back in our Melbourne studio. Uh, welcome to you, Kingy. Morning, Anthony. Robert, Adam, it was uh, an amazing night last night. I think that um, I think if you're going to beat Richmond, you're going to have to run. You're going to have to chase. You're going to have to tackle. You're going to have to do everything right. Um, some of their stoppage work last night was the best of the season. They didn't just send a message to how they want to play. They showed the scope of, of their power as a midfield last night, which we I don't think we'd seen all year. We've seen their defensive brilliance. We'd seen a couple of stars separate games, but the, as a group in that midfield last night, they were brilliant. Have, yeah. have we, have we actually underestimated Richmond's talent in, in this during this period, do you think? Uh, there's no doubt they're a talented side, Richmond, but they get contribution from every single player every yeah. week. It doesn't matter who's in and who's out. Corey Ellis comes in and plays a role. Last night, Jack Higgins, some midfield time, had it 25, um, had 25 disposals last night. So it doesn't matter where they play; they're at their peak at the moment. Richmond, it's going to take some ser- a serious effort to knock 
them off at the MCG. But it was a bit of carbon copy from the grand final last year, wasn't it? The first 10 to 15 minutes, Adelaide really dominated, had a crack, didn't put it on the scoreboard. And from there, Tigers just picked them apart. They're too tough inside. Adelaide didn't handle the moment again well on the MCG, led by Tex Walker. Um, Fumbly, turnovers, uh, and, and that was the game in the end. Yeah, and you, you talked about stars separating. To me, Dusty woke up at pretty much at half time last night. I mean, he's been good during the year without being amazing. Uh, but it, it was like he was just going, oh, we're getting a little bit closer, Bob, to September, and, and here I am. Yeah, he was he was poor in the first. I thought he was sort of hurting them in the first half. And, and he, he, as the game went, he, he was just getting better and better and better. But just on the Tigers, I think there's so much to like about how they're going at the moment. But one of them is they're... They play in different modes that when it's that tight contested ball stoppage game that it was last night at the start, they're very comfortable in that. When was the last time you saw the Tigers flustered? We've seen them beaten, but you never see them flustered. They, mm. They're happy to play that that two um, two boulders just bang into each other. And then once it opens up, they're very happy to do that as well. And then, they, and then like Kingy says, then they're happy to run and attack and put you to the sword. That, One thing that, I... We I talked... know that handball game last night. I, yep. I, I mean, it's... It's next level on the competition. They, they had in excess of 200 handballs last night. They're most for the year. And it's, it's not the ones that are in tight. It's, it's the first handball that takes them from inside the traffic to outside, and then they explode. I think when you look at teams trying to hold a loose man or a plus one, however you want to term it, 30 metres off the pack behind the ball, they carry the ball at that player. Yeah. And they are through. It is really difficult to stop from it. Destabilizes, doesn't it? And it's it's not it, and it does destabilize, but it almost renders your loose man or your plus one useless the moment they step out of traffic. And last night their work from stoppage, and I'll say it again, it was as good as we've seen from any team for the year. They kicked seven goals, four from stoppage. Teams don't score out of their back half anymore. The hardest thing to do is move the football. But Richmond. They have no problems. It's so aggressive. It's so fast. And then because they've got a small forward line, they're able to reset. They're able to get their forwards to charge back. So it's basically six on six or or six v seven um, almost instantaneously. And, and I think it's something that most teams are struggling to counter. And we're, we're at round 16. Yeah, well, that was what I wanted to ask you, King. We talked about this in the pre-match. You would think... You know, and the way history is, is that it, certainly in, you know, in the more modern decades, a team has something, they display it, they win a flag or come, come close. But it doesn't take long, and you talk about the game changing all the time and the intelligence that's in the game, it doesn't take long for someone to counter that. But it doesn't seem to me that the other teams are any closer. Maybe they're even further away from working out how to play against Richmond. That, that's exactly where I'm going, because, because they haven't had a stoppage game, Coons. They, ha- they really haven't. I mean, as good as some of the name tags read in there, uh, they just basically they beat you on turnover. They beat you with, with harassment and they beat you with speed once they've won it back. And we always talk about Rance and Asprey and these guys behind the ball, Vloston becoming like a Luke Hodge figure for Richmond behind the footy. But around the football, I, I can't remember us talking about their, their brutal clearance game at all over the last 18 months. Uh, the improvement in Shane Edwards this year, do you think he could possibly in, be in the All-Australian 40 at the moment? And you mentioned the hands out of stoppage. The creativeness of Shane Edwards, of Trent Cotchin, and even you add Kane Lambert into that yeah, mix now, who's be becoming well. a really consistent player. It's just that little 
give that gets them going. Trent Cochin out of a centre clearance last night. Just put the one hand out, share it in the hand, and then just a quick give out, and no. they're away from there. He had Those... a lot of grip on that hand. Must have been. <laughs> yeah, the anti-Jew uh, That one little one away, and they're out from there. And you're right, Asprey and Rance get a lot of credit, but they do hold their back six better than most. They back in their mids and their forwards, put that pressure on. A lot of the time, it is a dump kick down the line. Asprey will intercept, Rance will intercept, and they're away from there. But the, 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 every other team does that but Richmond. I mean, uh, I think if you look at this, the first eight minutes of that game, the Crows forced Richmond into a kicking game. That quick kick out of defence, and, and it was constantly turned over. As soon as they become a handballing team, the game changed speed, and it was at a speed the Crows couldn't match. Uh, look at some of the numbers last night. The way they build through the course of the game, teams can't can't seem to match for 120 minutes. They can go for blocks. And you're right, if you don't get on the scoreboard in your eight-minute window, then you, you pay a price. But their last quarters, if you look at the profile they're scoring in the last, if you break it down to 10-minute lots, it's almost like they they have a mid-race spell in the third quarter. They just hold ground. If they've got a three, four, five-goal lead, they hold ground. Do you think that would be a legitimate tactic or spoken about during the week? Or they just feel that at the time? Trent Cochin feels it, Jack Revolt thinking, hang on, we need to... We need to slow the game down here to get ready for that final quarter. Well, across across the season, and I know this is very numbers-based, but if you look at the breaking into the six, ten-minute lots in the second half, they are minus three points first ten minutes of, of the second half. The next ten minutes, they're minus 11 points across the season. And then they build. The last ten minutes of the third quarter, plus four goals. First 10 minutes of the last, plus five. Then it goes plus 50 points and plus almost 100 points wow. in that last 10 minutes of the game. They break you. They challenge you to chase this handball game, and it punctures teams. And I think this is the, an asset that teams can't stop Hutto. So in answer to your question at the start is, uh, is the gap getting wider? I think it is because you almost have to select a small team to match the run of the Tigers and the moment you do that, you give up all your strengths yeah, and all your weapons yeah. and yeah. for a one-off opportunity. It is hard to plan and it, and for it a one-off chance. And it has a psychological effect on the Tigers. If they look forward to the last... Because they're good at them, because they've done it, they kind of... Their appetite for the last quarter, just they... Uh, we're about to unleash, we're about yeah, to unleash. Yeah, well, that's true. It becomes self-fulfilling to a degree. But does it, has, it, has a team done that yet, Kingy? Has a team... We've seen teams gradually start to experiment with... You know, maybe one less taller forward than what they normally go with. But you know, in defence, have we turned? Have we really seen teams change their selection? No, we haven't. And that's uh, that's the. Dis- I mean, who's beaten Richmond? Mm. They, well, West Coast three- beat them. Adelaide beat them. Port yeah, Adelaide. They've Port lost Adelaide. three games, all interstate. Mm. Um, and this is the discussion about the home ground advantage in beating top eight teams on the road. It's very difficult to do. I saw the West Coast basically take every every uncontested mark that was available to them. They kicked the ball 15 to 20 metres and worked their way slowly down the ground. They played keepings off. They didn't allow the game to live in pressure and live in the contest because that's where Richmond thrive. So you're going to have to do something different and, and it's, going to, it's, it's going to maybe backfire at times too. Do you have the courage as a coaching group and as a playing group to do it in a final? Because that's what it's going to take. Because if you, if you do the same as what you've done yeah. all season, same you'll result. get the same result. Well, so, so the teams that play, I haven't looked at this, just thinking there, I know Geelong play Richmond in a couple of weeks, the Collingwood as well. So they've yeah. played them, already played them once and failed. I wonder if... Well, their run, Hutto, is GWS, St Kilda, Collingwood, Geelong, Gold Coast, Essendon and the Dogs. It's yeah, a so that, pretty good run. Yeah, well, the teams that have played them once and that are in contention, like, like Geelong and Collingwood, then maybe they're the ones that might do something radical against them, but... 
it's uh, it's going to be fascinating. And, and look, it's probably a discussion. Uh, Jaden Short's going to join us. Uh, is there? Let's just touch on this then. Uh, is there a team that you think it has the weapons to to beat Richmond when it matters? I don't think there is, especially on the MCG. I can't. Port Adelaide, I think, are building to something really special, and they need to get a home final. There's no if they finish fourth. Uh, sorry, it, it, they need to get a home final. It, it doesn't matter where Port Adelaide sit. I think they can do some damage in September. They don't have to necessarily finish in the top four, but they need to get a home final, and I think they can build from that. It's just, it's, it's as soon as you get to the MCG, that's where the test comes, and any team that comes up against Richmond in that uh, first final, well, they know they're in for a game, don't they? We're all sort of forecasting the best versions of other sides, well, you aren't have we? have to so, in a way. Yeah, that's right, because if you went on what's... What's bankable? Well, Tigers do it most weeks, and and they look to be they look. To, I don't know. You said before, have they peaked? I just think they're building. Mm. I don't think they've even hit their peak yet, but they are building. But I'm with you, Coons. I think, I think Port Adelaide have got a nice balance in their side, but it's whether they can, whether they can do it when the when the final starts. I think injuries, and, and a settled lineup is is so critical coming to this stage of the season. Port Adelaide are very healthy. Um, Richmond, Richmond have uh, had a couple of wobbles last night. They yeah, got three they've lost from last night. Yeah, so, and, and that that will, you know, that will impact. There's no doubt about that. But Hurley comes back in, and, and so, so does Lostan. So. Yeah, no, I know. But if it's, you're talking about the next six weeks, yeah, I mean, no, you, you get point. you get one one or two more, and all of a sudden you're into that. You're starting to select that 28th player on your list, not the not the prime uh, the prime 22. I still don't give up on Melbourne. I know that everyone will, and they'll they'll find ways to talk about, you know, whether the West Coast. I don't think the West Coast can match them. I don't think a North Melbourne, a, a Sydney Swans, um, uh, Collingwood have got scope. There's no doubt about that. But the tra- tra- the Trelaw impact is huge. Yeah, and done and done now. Yeah, I, more Trelaw for me, just for that breakaway speed. He can actually take the ball through Richmond. Um, I don't think he can defend uh, Richmond. I don't think he can hold them out. They're going to score. Um, so I, I, I haven't given up on Melbourne, but Port Adelaide are probably looming large. All right. Well, one man who is uh, absolutely desperate to stay in this Richmond team, and what a fantastic year he's having. Another 25 disposals, almost 600 metres gain last night. He just missed out on the party last year, but he certainly put his best foot forward. He's Jaden Short. And he's about to join us on Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, Safety Barriers, Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Last night it was the Tigers, 15-13-103 to 8-8-56 over the Crows. Jaden, congratulations and thanks for being with us. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Well, it was a, a terrific game again last night from the team. Obviously, Adelaide came out pretty hard in that first 10 minutes or so. It looked like they were really going to take the challenge up to you. Yeah, definitely. You know, we obviously knew that it was a game they wanted to win and um, we knew they'd bring the heat. But um, yeah, I think we just had to hold on for the four quarters and uh, eventually got the win, which was good. And I mean, it's a sign of a, a mature and maturing side, isn't it, that doesn't panic when you know, another team comes at you hard. What goes, take us out onto the field when you realise that another team is really challenging you. Who are the... What what are the things that are said and and what are the the movements that are made? Um, there's not really not really too many things that are said or any movements. It's sort of the, you know we we sort of back the way we play and you know we know teams are going to get a bit of a run on, but um we can also get a run on ourselves. So um we just back the way we play and just hope that uh yeah our process can get get the result in the end of the day. Yep. Jade, well, can sorry. I can I ask you about uh, about playing with Kane Lambert? I mean this is a player that I think is almost in the elite bracket. Of the competition right now, he came third in the best of Ferris last year in a premiership season in front of Koch and in front of Rewald, in front of some some pretty special players at the Tigers. 
His capacity to run and excite from stoppages, particularly last night, I, I was surprised about how much space he was given and how many luxuries the Crows allowed him. But, gee, he's become a serious AFL player. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, he's just an unbelievable workhorse. Um, you know, he does everything he can for the team. And uh, he basically works his ass off every week just to um, get a result for the team. And, um, yeah, his whole, his whole game is based around, you know, making us a better team. And, um, you know, I get to see it firsthand. I live with him, so... Um, I see how professional he is and the things he does off the field as well. Um, he's pretty special. Jaden, you're a young player still building your way into your career at the moment. I don't think you really understand how special a side you're playing in at the moment, but just in games, tell us about the confidence levels that you must be feeling and your whole group to be involved in such a dominant team where you know at any stage you can break the game open. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, you know, I think it's just, we, we just have a lot of fun out there. It's sort of um, if you see the way we celebrate and get around each other, it's just um, it, we just enjoy our footy and we enjoy playing with each other. Um, you know, the, the boys obviously play footy as kids to, you know, to have fun, and that's, I think that's how we're playing at the moment. It's just enjoying our footy and um, you know celebrating together, and you know we're, we're really enjoying it. And uh, Damien Hardwick, can you tell us a little bit about the relationship that he's built with the players? It seems to be a really close bond between player and coach. Yeah, it is. You know, sort of Dimmer sort of started all this. Um, you know, a few years ago, but um, it's just getting better and better. And um, yeah, he's he's a, he's a great man, and um, he works closely with all us players, and he's got a great relationship with all of us players as well. So he sort of makes it a lot a lot easier for us. Any gags from Jack Higgins last night? Um, no, nah, not not too many. We we sort of laughed at him uh, three quarter time, I think, because uh, he didn't really have anything. So he's just a funny man to look at. So we can <laughs> sort of get a laugh that way. It looked like Trent Cochin was telling a joke at the start of the third quarter, was he? Yeah, I think he said Jack's name, and we sort of got a laugh out of it. <laughs> Did you, sh- in a serious sense, was that spoken about in terms of? There's a lot made in the, from the outside media. Of, of, is it disrespectful to the opposition and, and the Sydney Swans? Would they use that as a motivating tool next time that you guys are, are having not 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 um, not out outside the the lines or anything really totally disrespectful? But the fact that you're having a gag at three-quarter time in the build-up to, to the last quarter of games. Do you think that... Was you, did that get spoken about during the week and maybe shelved? Oh, no, not really. I think it was sort of this, something that, um, you know, we don't really look too much into, which is sort of... That's just, is us enjoying our footy and, um, you know, we, we, we sort of... We love being around each other and, you know, if Jack's going to bring that and us, we can get us boys up and we can have a sort of a, a laugh about, you know, what, what's happening, it's sort of, sort of pretty special. And, um, yeah, we don't really think about it too much. It's just sort of something that happens and... Um, yeah, we don't really talk about it during the week either. It's just sort of something that happens on game day and we sort of move on pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, it's sort of good that you can do that. But, um, no, we don't really look into it too much. Jaden, Bob here. Well done last night on another great win. I just want to talk about those last quarters because it's such a weapon that you guys come home so strong. Is that something you guys talk about? Is it a mode you go into or is it just is it just one of those things that's unfolded over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think it's... I, I sort of think it's just sort of unfolded. Um, yeah, we... We sort of, I don't know, we think we, we, we play our way the, for the, the last quarter and um, if we manage to get a few goals nice and early, I think it gives the boys a bit of confidence and, um, you know, to keep fighting. You, know, you can see that the boys want to run out of the game uh, for the four quarters and, um, yeah, I think the, the last quarters are pretty enjoyable for us boys. Your own story, Jaden. Uh, you know, you, you played a fair bit of footy last year but wasn't in the team at the end of the year. How was September for you? Um, yeah, look, it was it was still it was still a good place to be. Obviously, it was still exciting, and um, you know, I was still was still around the club with all the boys and stuff like that. I just wasn't in the team, so um, yeah, I sort of I sort of done the be- you know the most I could to try and get myself back in there, but it didn't happen. So um, 
no, it was good. It was just, yeah, it was a great place to be, and um, obviously it was a successful year. So um, yeah, I still, I still had fun while I was there. How did you, how did you use that motive, or did you use it as motivation over the summer to improve yourself and, and try and get into the team? Yeah, well, I, just, I, I sort of seen, you know, how much fun the boys had, and um, I sort of, yeah, didn't want to put myself in a position to ever miss out like that again. So. Um, I think it's just, yeah, I, I uh, use that as a bit of motivation to keep myself in the team and uh, play the best footy that I can. Jaden, let's talk about the game specifically. When you get this handball game going and the forward handballs, we talk a lot about the mechanics of how you play. Do you think teams are really struggling to, to go with you on the outside to actually stay, in, 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 be able to bring the game back into pressure given, given your excitement? Do you think that that's just something that most teams have struggled with? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure if people are struggling with it. I think it's just sort of something that um, it just sort of happens in the game. And, um, you know, if, if we can get blokes out, then, um, you know, other blokes are still running there to get, get involved as well because, it is, you know, it's just part of the game. And um, getting the ball in the boys' hands is fun. And, um, yeah, the boys love having it. So I don't think it's anything people can't stop. It's just sort of something that the boys enjoy doing. And, um, yeah, it just seems to, seems to work for us. So I think, yeah, the boys like doing it. Jaden, just sorry, we've got one off the text here. Uh, ask Shorty what's going on with his contract. Put talks off to the end of the year. We oh. need him to re-sign Hello. ASAP. This is from oh. uh, Michael oh. from Parkdale. From, a, from Kane Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's happening with the contract situation? I, I'm sorry, yeah, um, just sort of playing footy at the moment and just sort of trying to play the best I can. And then, yeah, obviously let my manager deal with that and the club. Um, but yeah, I'm just enjoying my footy, enjoy being in the team, and um, yeah, just trying to hold my spot and do the most I can for the team. So at the moment, yeah, just let me manage to deal with it, and I think uh, it'll happen. Yeah, whenever. Playing well, driving those dollars up. Good boy. Yeah, yeah well, you're playing sensational footy, Jaden. Congratulations, and uh, good luck from here on in. No worries. Thanks, boys. Thanks for being with us, Jaden Short. There, giving them plenty of dash out. Of, he's a beautiful long oh. kick of the footy, isn't he? He's, he's a great kick. He's, he's their weapon off the half back weapon, now, yeah. isn't he? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, turn our attention to the Crows and then the Cats and the Swans and some of the broader issues. Uh, We'll ask the question, should kids climb more trees? That might help skills, (laughs) according to uh, Rodney E. We're back shortly here uh, with thanks to Honda. Find your kind of value at uh, your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. Welcome back to crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives. Bob Murphy and Anthony Hudson with you up here at the Gabba. Adam Cooney and David King is your crunch time team for this Saturday. We've talked a lot about the Tigers. Let's turn our attention to the Crows and What's your take on the on the on the Crows, Kingy? Um, from what you saw last night, is their finals campaign over? Yeah, it's over. I think that most would ex- expect that that uh, would be the reality coming out of Adelaide today. Uh, they sit on seven wins and eight losses. There are a couple of games and a really poor percentage uh, outside the, the top bracket now, outside the eight or what will be outside the eight after this round. Um, they just haven't been able to mount any sort of campaign, Coons. Oh, this has been a disaster from the moment they that that final siren went for the grand final. Um, the, the, the way they spoke, the way they handled the the exit of Lever, the preseason pre Christmas period was was one that didn't overwhelm. They had standards, to have, training standards. You're talking. They about. had to have a, a powwow to to correct their training standards. They had to have 
um, discussions about this camp. They've had to put up with injuries to key players. It's just been one disaster after the next. It's been a year they're just going to have to put a line through. I expect that they'd manage their list now, uh, start parking a few that need uh, operations that, that just haven't come up. Um, there's no rush now to get Brody Smith back. These sorts of decisions are, are now what will take them forward. It's all about making sure that if it is to be October 10, that they come back rearing to go for a full pre-season because hope's not lost on this group. It's about doing everything they can now, you're right, to work out the best plan going forward to get a South Australian draft pick. Lukosius has been spoken about. We know Rankin is a superstar. They need to do everything they can now. If they've got to shelve Tex for the rest of the year, get put him away if he's been sore. He hasn't had a terrific season. He played well last week, but was really down last night. They just need to do everything they can to get some homegrown talent into this football club going forward. You're right, nothing has worked. There's been a cloud hanging over this Adelaide football club since the final siren went on grand final day. Everything we've spoken about the camp, it's been done to death, but no doubt that's had an effect on the group. Um, We speak about premiership hangovers. Well, it's almost like the grand final heartbreak has lived on for the Adelaide Crows this year. So, yeah, it's been one that they've wanted to forget. Now the question marks over Rory Sloan, what happens with him at the end of the season, will remain. Um, he's had that foot injury. Came back last night, was led the tackle count with seven for the LA Crows, which just goes to, I think they only had 52 tackles for the night. So, And they just didn't look like they had any belief whatsoever in that game last night. At, at no stage did it look like the Adelaide Crows were going to win that game. Tex kicked a goal... Um, which brought them back within 21 points half, halfway through the third quarter. And there was no spirit about the group. There was no enthusiasm or no life. They, they were within striking distance of Richmond, not playing well, but there was just no belief and no spark about the group that they could actually get there last night. I think that's been a hallmark all year, Coons. They've, they've looked flat and you know, and all those things you've, you've talked about in Kingy, that's a really good summary of all, the, the, all those little moments that in isolation mightn't have, mightn't have had such a crushing impact when you put them all together it's been a you know an absolute disaster for the crows this year and the situation really is is set to to now start again because it's been underpinned with all those things around it by they haven't they haven't been healthy for for any any part of the year they've lost players steadily throughout so they I would imagine their whole their whole thoughts and planning now is to to reset and and get their boys healthy again for next year. Bob, I ask you, there's nothing wrong with trying things that and and have them fail. I think that there's there's a discussion from the outside targeted at the Crows that they've made all these errors. A lot of these things just happen as course at footy clubs and and in elite environments. When you're looking for small marginal. Uh, advantages on the competition. They're, they're, low, they're low percentages that you're working with. And if they fail, sometimes, which they often do, we don't always hear about the failures at football clubs. We've heard about every failure at the Adelaide Crows this year. Yeah. Th- this is something that's quite correctable almost just through time. It, you know, this season finishes, they'll put a full stop on it, whether that be you know, into a final or not, doesn't really matter. No one expects them to, to be winning the flag. Do you agree that this is a campaign for 2019 that needs to start now, and and that this will have no effect on them? Uh, I think they will. I I would. Think, I mean, it's almost a cliche to say, but I think they would have learnt more out of this year than they did last year. I think they'll be psychologically. I think it would almost be healthy for them just to go. You know what? We tried some stuff this year, and it re- none of it's really worked. So now we consolidate, get healthy again, reload, reload for next year. And I think if they if they are able to keep that group together, get healthy, 
come round one next year, what our expectations of the Crows or mine would be really high. Yeah. Well, they've got... When you look at the draft this year and you look at the indicative order of a couple of weeks ago, these, these might be a one, one, or one pick out, Coons, but let's just say they've got 8, 13 and 19. So they've got Carlton's, I think, second round pick. They've got uh, Melbourne's first round pick, which is approximately somewhere around 13 at the moment, and their own first round pick at eight. Now, that, that's, that's great bargaining power. And that's great bargaining power to be able to say to a Carlton, or if it is to be a Brisbane, look, we want pick one. Um, we're going to offer you a player X, player Y, and, and pick picks. eight, or pick eight and 13 and a player. They've got, they've got some discontent there. There's some players that Boyle reports want out. Um, yeah. and have, have seen greener pastures elsewhere, which is surprising, to say the least. But they do have the tools to get pick one. Do you think that's the path they'll go down? Oh, I think they should, because, and then you don't have to worry about the homesickness factor for a young superstar who gets two to three years down in his career and wants to go back to Victoria. You get a player, Lukosius, in, even Rankin. They're, they're pretty set up well in their forward line at the moment. They need some more midfield talent. I know that um, the Crouch brothers and, and Brad hasn't played a lot of footy at all this year, but I think they're, they're set up well down forward with Tex. They've got Mitch McGovern. Hopefully Mitch McGovern stays at the footy club. There are murmurs that he wants to leave as well. So, and, and again, Rory Sloan, what happens with him at the end of the season? Do they get the compensation pick for him? So, but again, He'll go, stay. Sloan will stay. You think so, Sloan will stay? Yep, Sloan will stay. There's, there's doubts about maybe, maybe even a Brad Crouch. McGovern may be out. Um, but I, I'm super confident Sloan's going nowhere. A player like Brad Crouch would provide great currency if they were looking to offload him. I think they need to do everything they can to keep McGovern. I could see if Brad Crouch does want to leave, I think he's a player that you can replace. You've got Matt Crouch in there as well. So, yeah, there's a lot um, There's a lot to look forward to in terms of if you're an Adelaide supporter, which it sounds strange, but uh, yeah, hopefully they get it right. Well, boys, we might return to Friday night uh, a little bit later in the show, but what about Thursday night and the struggle between the Cats and the Swans? Really, probably Geelong should have finished it off a lot earlier. It's terrible kicking a goal, but uh, what does it tell you about the Cats, Bob? Uh, are they still a contender in your mind? I think they are still a contender, but, but part of that is because I'm, I'm not sure if there is a clear second contender for the Tigers. So I think there's there's it's it's intriguing that the, the last quarter last third of this season is fascinating because there really is a jockeying for for this title of Puna. who are the contenders um Geelong were really impressive the other night like you say they, they probably could have finished it off a bit earlier the swans the swans look a bit jaded they've had a they've had a flat couple of weeks every side goes through a flat patch during the season but I just thought though that's two big opportunities the swans had and they they looked they looked lethargic both times so I've got some concerns about the Swans but but the Cats you know, they've just they've just kept their kept their nose in it what do you think Kingy how do you see the Cats well look it's hard not to like the Cats when you see those magnets on the board you think gee there's some talent there there's some there's some scoring power particularly from that midfield they're a wild card aren't they they are they could do anything on any given day I mean they could have won that game by 15 goals the other night or Thursday night if they kick straight and and really put the Swans to the sword who were vulnerable given a couple of injuries but Let's just let's just wind forward to round twenty. They play Richmond on a Friday night at the MCG. That that will give us a greater guide on what the gap is. Um, and, and I think it's almost one of those games you look at. What what happens if Geelong beat a Richmond in round twenty? Mm. All the conversation we will have had for four weeks goes out the window. So I think we've just got to wait and see with Geelong. We know they're good enough. We know that on their day they can do anything. We saw it in finals uh, last year. Dangerfield playing forward. He could, he could kick four goals in a quarter. 
he kicked the first four goals of the game and, and away you go. So think, things are coming together for Geelong. They're getting healthier as, as they go. They've got mm. Henderson playing in the reserves. They've got a, a couple of other players uh, playing in the reserves at the moment that they need uh, to give opportunity to. Menzel, I think, will come back into this team. Cockatoos, now that they're trying to, to get healthy and get back into this side. But there's enough talent and enough... There's firepower, isn't there? Well, the youth was probably, Coons, the best... I think the best thing for the Cats the other day, we saw yeah. we saw a couple of youngsters in... in um, Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones was, was outstanding. Parfitt's really building. Narkle's uh, a player. There's no doubt about that. So I think that there's... There's, there's not a, necessarily a baton change in terms of responsibility, but the complementary players now are probably better than what they were 12 months ago. I think that was the most impressive thing about the victory over Sydney at the SCG was Ablett didn't dominate, Dangerfield didn't dominate, it was Tim Kelly, it was the pressure from Jermaine Jones, it was the defensive efforts from Scott Selwood, who I think is a vital cog in Geelong's midfield, given the, the attacking flair of the big four in there. And Mitch Duncan was best on ground the other night. He, he continues to be a really consistent player, but runs both ways too, Mitch Duncan. So Duncan and Scott Selwood are so important for their midfield structure. And you add that X factor up forward of Narkel. Jermaine Jones had 11 tackles for his first game for the yeah. year, which he didn't awesome. kick the ball well. I think he had 0% kicking efficiency. But you put him in that forward line, it's dangerous. It locks it in there. What do they do with Harry Taylor. When yeah. Henderson's ready to play, would you play Henderson as a forward over Harry Taylor? Because their their back six are settled at the moment. Blitzarv's having a terrific season. Henry is building as a young player too. You can't leave them out. Uh, look, the, the Blitzarv's match-up the other night against Buddy Franklin, there's, there's no more scary a prospect in the game than standing next to Franklin. So it's not, it's, not a great, it's not a great form guide. But he held his own. At times you thought, maybe, maybe it's time to swing Taylor down back. It just got a bit wobbly there for about 10 minutes. I thought, oh, do they need to look at it? Henderson, I'm not sure where he comes back in. I don't even think Geelong know just yet whether he comes back in as a forward or a defender. But, Bob, I want to I ask you, can they continue to go with Ablett, Dangerfield, Duncan... And then, and then the Selwoods after that, to a lesser extent, in the midfield, given their lack of defensive pressure once they lose contest. No, I don't think so. And I, all through the year, I've had, and Ablett has his best games have been exceptional. But I, I, I'm surprised that we're not seeing him play more as a as a permanent forward. He's 34. He's not ready. He doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to. Well, he, he, if, he, if the coach gives the orders, he, he might need to get ready. I just, I just that, think for the... Doesn't, is that true that he doesn't want to? Oh, you look at his numbers. Patrick Dangerfield is spending a lot more time forward than Ablett. I still think Ablett sees himself predominantly as one of their main midfielders. Could a player do that, Bob? Could a player say, <laughs> I, don't... Could a player say I don't want to play forward? I, 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 well, I... I, I don't recall that ever happening, Kingy, and it's it's an unacceptable view if that if that is the view. I think that you know you play where the coach tells you, and where the team needs you, and I think at, at 34, surely he's he's filled his boots enough. We we've got it pretty well established that Gary's been a, you know one of the great midfielders of all time. I think you know if, the, if him going forward gives the side better balance and a better shot at winning a, a flag, he, he should be he should be relishing that chance. I think the balance is out of whack with Ablett and Dangerfield at the moment. I, I want to see Dangerfield spend 80% midfield, 20% forward, and and a bit more of Ablett forward. They used Tim Kelly uh, forward a lot more uh, on Thursday night. 
and I think he did a really good job at the 21 disposal and kicked a couple of goals. So, and, and there's a question mark over Tim Kelly. What a season he's had a breakout year. And, um, the, the homesickness factor is apparently in play there. So they need to do everything they can to keep staying. him because he's a star. He's, he's staying as well? Staying, Kelly. Oh, good. Well, that's good news. Um, look, I, I think you're right, Bob. They're, they're the wild card team. It's not really going to matter greatly, I don't think, where Geelong finish. If they are to make the eight, they could win it from eighth. They could... They, they could finish as high as top two and, and, and still mount a, a, a yeah. sizable charge. But they're one for me that they're coming into health. And I'll keep, I'll keep talking about health over the next six, seven weeks. Yeah. If they get a good run, there's no reason why they couldn't challenge a Richmond on that Friday night, round 20. If they get beat by eight, ten goals on that Friday night, I think we'll all say, OK, they can't. They can't yep. hold the gloves up anymore like they once could. Health in those first one, the, the first I mean, the first week of the finals is is always big, but there's so many sides because I think sides themselves don't have that real rock solid belief. The Tigers do. I don't know if it's throughout the competition. If if someone has a good win in that first you know that first week of the finals, I think that the whole thing could light up. It said more to me about Sydney than than anyone else on on you know the two games we've seen so far, Coons. I'd be I'd be really surprised to see a Sydney Swans make a real challenge now, given their their injuries. I, I don't think they've got the depth of the other teams we're talking about. Um, McVeigh's going to miss some football. Jack's going to miss some football. Hanbury's just going. I mean, whether he's Going to be able to get through with this calf. He may miss a couple of weeks, but whether he's going to be able to come back, the player, not not that we're seeing this year, the player we saw two years ago, because he's, he's far from that at the moment. So there's there's too many question marks over Sydney right now for me, and given the fact we we only do have a short space of time before it gets really serious. The, the big one for me is, is Buddy Franklin. There was a moment on Thursday night where the Swans uh, transitioned out of defence, a, a rare foray forward, and it was late in the game. It needed to be... Um, Buddy Franklin needed to be down there. He was on the bench getting his hammies rubbed. And as a player, you have to have a spell. I know that. But they just didn't look dangerous without Lance Franklin there. And if Buddy's not there, where do the goals come from? And you mentioned that their depth. And, and who comes in for those three who, who possibly miss out? So, yeah, question marks over Sydney. I think I think they're uh, too far back to win it. I, I didn't think that they would finish in the four. But it's continually dropping games at the MCG. I think that's their fourth loss SCG. at home. Yeah. Sorry, the SCG. That's their fourth loss at home this year. And you, you bank them to win majority of the games at, at home. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au. Welcome back to Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. A quick injury update for Arnold Thomas and Becker. It wasn't all good news for the Tigers last night with Jack Graham suffering what seems to be a serious shoulder injury. Nathan Broad also suffered a depressed fracture of the cheekbone. Um, and the possible replacements, obviously, Julian Flostone look likely to come back into the team. So that is an injury update for Arnold Thomas and Becker, over 50 years' experience in personal injury law. And while we're on it about last night, the Tigers uh, on the ladder, they now sit two games clear on top of the 40 Winks ladder. 40 Winks serious about sleep and 15.9%. Adelaide is a game and a healthy percentage outside the eight and uh, trying to make the finals now. Tough task, but uh, Don Pike thinks that they'd beat Geelong next week. They're still in with a chance. Boys, um, quick discussion on the rules, which is an ongoing topic. Uh, Rodney, the, the Herald Sun have had a pretty interesting forum on uh, on the future of the game and 
a number of uh, things raised in terms of uh, the young people coming through about the skills that their technology binges and their lack of problem-solving problem skills have been uh, identified. Rodney Eats says they uh, they don't climb enough trees, the kids. Uh, <laughs> Bob, what did you think when you heard that? <laughs> I, I, I like it. it does feel like a, I think I need a bit more information than the kids That's have stopped climbing Rod. trees. Well, they're not problem-solving, uh, Rodney Eats. Everything is on Google and Siri, and so when you coach them, you add layers layer A and then layer B, and by the time you get to layer C, they've forgotten A and B. They're literal learners. You'll say this week in senior footy we're doing contested ball. They'll do all of that and then forget about the rest. So, And ongoing to that, Jason Cripps was involved as well, and just talking about, um, uh, you know, the, the, has there been a drop-off in, in, uh, in, in absolute skills? And, and Rocket say, I'm not being smart. It's a noticeable difference. They don't think for themselves. They also get more injuries because they don't climb trees and ride bikes and those sort of things. That's why they get more injuries. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, well, like, yeah, but, um, but there's, but there's <laughs> I guess there's the other side of it too that a lot of the coaching uh, now is is quite technical and on you know on the screens and video stuff. So, Kingy, you're, you're I heard you during the week say you're getting stronger of the view not to do anything too radical too quickly. Yeah, I, I'm concerned, Ado. I mean, we can't. We've got problems getting things right with the game at the moment. I mean, we, we're questioning the video review system. We're questioning prior opportunity, the protected zone, all these things that we've got problems with at the moment. We don't seem to be rectifying, um, and then we're going to make wholesale changes off the back of probably six to eight little mini scratch matches that don't really have that don't really have full strategy thrown at it. We haven't had coaches coach against. The strategy. We had a look at what it looks like with zoning and holding players in areas, but we haven't had anyone really coach against that yet. Yeah. So that that's my concern is that we make all these changes, and eight weeks into next year, say, hang on, this is really not what we want the game to be, and now Alistair Clarkson's doing this, or Chris Scott's doing that, or Brad Scott's doing it. That. That's not what we want. So it's it's too late once it comes in. I, I think. I think a good, solid look at it through a JLT series or a, a summer competition. Um, that, what are the that, main rules you're talking about here to trial in the JLT? Is it the zones? All of that. that that's the main one? Everything. Starting positions, which is five forward, five in the forward half of your ground, two in, two pairs inside your forward 50. Um, How did you like it in the TA? I know it's totally different. In the under-18s, Carnival. Yeah, totally, it's totally different. Oh, yep. And it doesn't have a great deal of strategy thrown. It doesn't have the level of strategy that we're going to have at AFL level. Let, yep. Let's be honest. And uh, that that's what worries me. There's a little asterisk there. I, I, I realise we have to do something. We have to get uh, the game back in motion. Um, but but I'm just concerned that we're, we're doing something off the back of six to eight scratch matches. Bob, what do you, what do you think on that? you... Uh, I, yeah, I'm worried that we don't have enough, bit like Kingy. That, enough data. Yeah, enough data to it's, these are these are huge changes. Then you know, it's lots of subtle change makes makes huge change. So um, the only thing, and I, look, I absolutely understand what you're saying. The AFL is being incredibly thorough about this, but there there are, there are some difficulties. There's no doubt. I mean, as you said, Kingy, unless it's done in anger, where you've got an opposition trying to coach against it. That, look, they do have people that have been in. David Rath, you know, was, was one of the architects yeah. behind the whole, with, with Alistair Clarkson, travelled overseas. And one of the I'm that, not questioning what they're doing. No, no, no I know but, you're not. But I'm, yeah. just, I'm, just concern, I'm just putting a little asterisk and flagging the fact that we're still not seeing full strategy against it. What, what, could we have something through the summer period? Could you have like a, 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 a sample waffle combined side with genuine AFL coaching thrown at it. 
Yeah, well, p- possibly. I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether they try and do anything before this season ends in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, we might come back to this a little later. We need to take a break right now, though. We've got plenty more discussion to come, including the major takeouts again from last night. And there's uh, some interesting about the future of a couple of big-name players. This is Crunch Time. Greg Swan to join us for Honda. See honda.com.au and safety barriers from the TSC Save Lives. The award-winning Crunch Time for Honda's seven-year sale ends June 30. Team on this Saturday afternoon is Bob Murphy, Adam Cooney, David King and Anthony Hudson. It's crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. At the Gabba, it's a warm day. Brisbane and Carlton will kick off proceedings in round 16. As far as Saturday football go, on Thursday night, we already saw Geelong beat the Sydney Swans. And last night, the Rampant Tigers kicked 15-13-103 to defeat the Adelaide Crows 8-8-56. And before we go further and chat to the CEO of the Brisbane Lions footy club, Greg Swan, our takeouts, uh, just to go over things from last night. The Tigers are an amazing team. And if anything, it seems the gap is widening. And a star young defender Jaden Short is certainly enjoying the show. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It's just, we just have a lot of fun out there. It's sort of see the way we celebrate and get around each other. It's just um, it, we just enjoy our footy and we enjoy playing with each other. You know, the, the boys obviously play footy as kids to you know to have fun, and that's, I think that's how we're playing at the moment. Is just enjoying our footy and um, you know celebrating together, and you know we're, we're really enjoying it. And Bob, are you in the camp that they're they're a better team than they were last year, the Tigers? Uh, they're a better team at this point, I think. Yeah, and I think they've just—I think psychologically they're better because they've just got the confidence. They've been there, and I think—I think they're still building, which that's got to—that's got to put the fear of God into every other club in the league. Certainly, their players have been more recognised uh, from the wider footy world, Adam Cooney, haven't they? And you think they might be really recognised come the end of the year? Yeah, I think they could have possibly six All Australians in the squad at this stage of the year. I think Jack Revolt, he's a walk up start. Alex Rance, I think Nick Vlosten's had a breakout season, been terrific. Kane Lambert, again, continues to build. Shane Edwards, and those two haven't had huge numbers throughout the midfield. They're low 20s, but the impact that they have on games is unquestionable. And I think Josh Caddy, sitting sixth on the Coleman at the moment with 31 goals, would be in there too. And Kingy, um, how do you, you think Adelaide will if they take a hard look at their team and look for their strengths and weaknesses going forward and this debate around what they do with their list, how will they assess their midfield, do you think? Well, it's, it's a midfield that doesn't have a lot of damage, let's be honest. I mean, you look at their clearance game, Matt Crouch had 10 last night, Sloan had 11, but there's no breakaway speed in their midfield. And I think that's why seed has been so important for them. When he's in the game, they're in the game, they're alive, they got that outside game. But I... Yeah, I looked at Matt Crouch last night, and, and, and credit to him, he got 38 touches, and he plays his role, 15 contested footies. Um, but the, the Crows kicked one goal from clearance last night. Yeah, so of their 40, they won clearances, didn't they? And of their 40 clearances, they got one goal. Now, d- people will say, oh, but they got territory. They didn't get territory either. So, Well, they just kicked it back to the outnumber repeatedly all night. Well, that, And that's therein lies the problem. I, I think you have to question the worth of a clearance, and, and more to that the volume of possession that some players get for absolutely no return. And I put Matt Crouch in that bracket. I mean, 38 touches, four score involvements, um, not a lot coming from it. I, I look at Richmond's, and, and they, they're happy to lose clearances, Richmond, but if they win them, 
if they, they want to say they're happy to win, they, they want to be aggressive from clearance. So if they lose it, they've got great protection behind the footy and still got speed around the action in the traffic. But if they win it, they are gone. And to me, that is the new model. If you want to play a slow midfield, you'll be exposed. Lambert worked off Crouch last night, put them to the sword in a heartbeat. That overlap handball game got started. And once it stops, it's, hard to, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just brutal. How desperate should they be to keep Rory Sloan, do you think? It, that's a great question. Um, I think he'll stay, Hutto. I really do. I think he'll stay for less um, because they've invested so much in him across the journey. He's, he's part of the fabric of that football club. I don't think he'll be leaving To be is the simple answer. Mm. I'm not sure. I, I was in that camp, but I've got to say I'm now thinking that he's a he's a just as even a chance to leave. And um, Which club? Uh, well, Which the Hawks have been mentioned, Collingwood, and even, I know this is going to sound amazing, even Geelong can't be written off as a potential candidate for Rory Sloan. Gary will have to play forward if Sloan goes into that midfield. No, he'll just send Sloan forward, Gary. <laughs> Another one down there. Just Another keeps one sending the them down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I think it's, a, it's a, a, a family decision too for Rory Sloan. Yep. Expecting... His uh, wife's pregnant. I think they're yeah. both from Victoria originally, aren't they? Yeah, and Belinda will have opportunities in the media over in Victoria as well. And what price do you put on a babysitter, Kingy? Priceless. <laughs> <laughs> He'll stay, boys. He'll stay. Babysitters in the cap, are they? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, be. Before we speak to Greg Swan, uh, let's talk a little about uh, Essendon and Collingwood. It's one of the biggest home and away games of the year, Kingy. I'm very excited about this game tomorrow to see what I know. I know you're a bit sensitive around Essendon after your no, early I'm not season. sensitive. I'm frustrated with Essendon because this is what they. I think when you're assessing teams through the preseason, we're talking about Adelaide Crows preseason now. If you get your preseason wrong, it's it just cruels your whole season. If you get it right, and Essendon had their pre-Christmas period and their January preseason period absolutely first class. This was the way they were moving the football. This was the way they were playing. They got the first six weeks horribly wrong and dropped a couple of. I mean, they, they're not going to live down that Carlton loss. That that's just been the one that's and the um, dogs earlier in the year too when they yeah, weren't travelling well. So, this is the football I expected them to play. I, I think I still hold faith that they can beat some strong teams on the way home. They, they are a dangerous opponent the way they, they run and carry and excite. Collingwood have got some injuries and I think this is a real danger game for the Pies. This, could, this, this is a result that could put them back into the pack uh, and give the Bombers a small glimmer of hope. Do you share that, Bob? Do you think Essendon, I mean certainly the footy they're playing is king. He said it's, it's explosive footy. Yeah, they're, they're one of can many they sides. Can they sustain it enough to get that chance to get into September? I, I don't think they can, but gee, they, when they put it together, it, it, it it's pretty impressive and it, and it's entertaining to watch. And I mean, Collingwood, one of you know, one of the stories of the year, Collingwood and their style of footy is exciting to watch. They got a lot of you know, a lot of dare. Big, it's going to be a great great game to, to watch them go at it. Trelaw, you know, he's a he's a big out done. It's it's whether it's whether there's the tipping point for, for the for pies for the pies and. And whether Dunn was that, or whether they can they can hold hold out a side. The Collingwood they should beat the Bombers, but geez, which depending on which Bombers you get, if they get the best version of them, then the Pies are in trouble. Have so we it, seen? Have we celebrated Dyson Heppel's return to being a star midfielder yeah, the last six to eight weeks? Probably not enough, King. Nah, I mean, it's, a, it's a fair point. Everyone talks about oh, you need big bodied midfielders, this and that. He he has taken responsibility for a football club. He challenged the leaders when they were uh, just going. He said, we can't rely on the kids. Let's, uh, we've got to stand up. And he, he has shouldered the load. And 
Fantasia makes such a difference Massive to that difference. team. I think he's yeah. the most important player. Yeah. And their forward the setup now looks so much better, doesn't it, with oh. Fantasia there? But also, hello. Let's be honest. How they didn't have this forward setup at the start of the season is one of the, the great mysteries. Mm. And, and I think in the review, if you're doing a serious review, how Hooker wasn't Hooker and Hurley weren't their first two picked backmen is is almost is almost crazy. He's a natural back, Kale Hooker. Oh. No doubt about that. And with Joe Danaher, But they did change that, and it still didn't change anything straight away, did it? Remember? Well, it gave, it gave Stringer his rightful position at full forward. And then as soon as Fantasia come back and the leaders stepped up... And McKernan's been... He has been told, you know, in no uncertain terms from what I've heard, that, you know, about where he needs to run and, and what he needs to do in terms of positioning. And, it, and it's, it seems to have worked. He's got that talent. There's no doubt about that, Sean McKernan. It's just been the inconsistency in his game, which is why he's only played, I think, a handful of 50 or 60 AFL games in his career. But we saw last week, he's got genuine X factor about him. And when he's up and going, they look, they look a better forward line. Mitch Brown, I think, has pr- provided a role, a steady role down there. He's a role De- player. Smith, we know that. De- I think Devin Smith's been the recruit of the year. He'd be leading their best and fairest by an absolute street at the moment, Devin Smith. And it, it took a little bit of time for those three recruits to settle in. Sard's finding his feet now and running. I think Stringer is six to seven weeks has been rock solid and you mentioned Devin Smith he's the number one tackler in the comp I think Devin Smith so again big tick for them they are building if they win this against Collingwood tomorrow they've got the Suns and then the Dockers they win the next three they're a genuine chance in the run home oh, to don't finish do in the eight. don't do it to me and I win don't. the flag Kingy don't do no, it to no, me their best footy <laughs> is as good as anyone's I'm, I'm, I, I, as good as anyone. Yep, it is. As good as Richmond. It's as exciting as anyone. Well, they can score from, from any position on the field and they, they would be a wild card threat. You wouldn't want to play... If Essendon limped into the finals... Well, not limped well, in. they if wouldn't be limping If they in, made they? the finals, if they fell into the eighth spot, Hutto, yep. they would be a dangerous proposition. Okay, well, they've got the Suns next... If they, let's say they beat Collingwood this week. They've got the Suns next week, then Fremantle. So you'd say tick, tick. Then the Swans at home at Etihad Stadium. That's a 50-50 proposition, but that'd be a decent chance. Better mm-hmm. than 50-50. Yeah, home, okay. And then Hawthorne at the MCG. Definitely line, a chance Line there. the sand. Yep. We'll, get, we'll yep. get something line, happen get there. Dirt will come out. Get sheets that. back down there to yeah. do the reverse line yeah. in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> do it from the other direction. <laughs> line in the eight. <laughs> then St Kilda. And then they play... Imagine they've got to play Richmond in round 22. I sort of don't want them to make it because I feel like I've emo- they've emotionally broken me this year, the Bombers. <laughs> and then they have Port Adelaide in round 23. Been your so collective mind about the Suns, can you? <laughs> How many... Can I just touch on the Suns? Bob, Bob Murphy. Seriously, you've never seen a man strut around Fox footy after three weeks of footy like Bob did. He said, they're going to make the eight. Oh, I tell you, look, he, I, he look, had, I didn't even know he had chest and shoulders, I, but he had the shoulders back and the chest out for the first month. Of yeah, the in hindsight, I, implants, in, actually, in, in hindsight I shouldn't have tweeted the emoji of the sun. <laughs> I re- look, I regret that. <laughs> so the Bombers at the moment are seven wins uh, in 12th position with a percentage of 95.2. So get on, Hutto, get on. If, they, if they've got to get to 14 wins, then uh, they can't afford to, to drop too many. Need to beat Collingwood tomorrow. All right, well, let's turn our attention to the game this afternoon and the Brisbane Lions take on Carlton. And it's 17th versus 18th. This is crunch time for Honda and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. And Greg Swan, he was going to join us in the box. I can actually see him at the top of the grandstand <laughs> on the other side. but not be bothered uh, walking up those stairs. He just couldn't be bothered coming to see us. But uh, he has joined us nonetheless. <laughs> How are you, Swanee? <laughs> oh, look, I've got a suit and tie on. We've got a president's function. I would have sweated up going up there. It's actually quite warm today. It is extraordinarily uh, <laughs> humid up here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, had a little bit of rain during the week, which this time of year is 
fairly unusual. And as you know, as you say, it's cloudy and uh, a little bit humid, but it's supposed to um, burn off the clouds. So hopefully this afternoon will be good, yeah, nice and dry and uh, not too humid. A wind does wonderful things to a footy club, and you've been short of them this year, despite playing pretty encouraging footy. What does what has that win on Sunday done? Yeah, look, I think you're right. It's you know the, the coaches always talk about the nourishment. You know, you can keep telling the group that they're going okay and they're improving in certain areas, but unless you get the wins along with it, it's sort of it's a hard sell. So yeah, the win last week obviously gave uh, yeah gave the whole place a bit of a lift, and and it does. You know, give you encourage, give us encouragement about you know we're on the right path, and and now the trick for us is obviously you know to win today and hopefully string a few together in the back half of the year because um, you know I think our percentage is in the low 80s. We've been competitive, but we haven't got over the line. But now's our chance. We hope that you know by winning this we can actually uh, you know get on a bit of a roll. Were you getting to the stage where you you were getting a bit worried about the lack of victories? Oh, look, you always talk about it because, I mean, ultimately it's a win-loss business, you know, and Fags has obviously been around a long time and so have I and all the, you know, David Noble. So we, yeah, we, as we said, we kept sort of telling a message and telling the guys that, you know, our KPIs and everything we do is, are getting better. And But, yeah, we hadn't transferred that into wins. And there were some games that we probably should have or could have won that we maybe a little bit of an experience or we, you know, panicked and... Um, you know, didn't get it done, but uh, yeah, hopefully now, you know, some of the guys, like the encouraging piece last week with guys like Jared Berry and Hugh McLuggage and Alex Witherden and Cam Rayner, the rising star, you know, the young blokes really contributed as well. I mean, Beamsy and Steph Martin were terrific, but the young guys are playing with some reasonable footy in the last few weeks, so hopefully that can keep going as well. As you said, you've been around for a while, Swanee, so you've, you've seen these builds before. Just looking ahead to 2019, have you got a feel yet for what you've you might be, if all things are going well and you get an equal run with injury, about where you might be able to, to grow to even as soon as next year? Yeah, look, yeah, you know what it's like. It, it, those close wins, like if we if we won some of those games, we'd be, you know, six-odd wins or maybe even seven if we, if you really gave us, if you were generous with some of them. But, you know, I, I think, I think in our case, those young guys, the first and second year is primarily... I look, some of the thirds, like Eric Hipwood and Harris Andrews are only in their third year. So, you know, you know, having been around a while and you've worked with various coaches and listened to commentators, you know, these guys need to get 50, 60 games in them, do three or four pre-seasons, and, and you know, it can change really quickly. Um, so, yeah, no, look, we, we think 219 and 220 is really exciting because, you know, we've, we've got some talent. We're getting the games into them. Um, and, you know, we're not far away. I mean, after the game last week, week uh, Fakes put a ladder up and, you know, just sort of said that Collingwood was second and we got beaten a kick. I think Port were third. We got beaten a kick. Um, you know, so he said, look, we're not far away from the, you know, the, the teams that are in the top echelon. So we just have to stick at it and hopefully uh, we can turn some wins, uh, you know, some close losses into some wins. So, yeah. Swanee, you mentioned Harris Andrews there. Can you give us an update on where he's at, the progress that he's making? Will he play footy again this year? Look, it's, uh, we're not sure. He, he gets more scans on Monday. Uh, I saw him yesterday. He did, did a scat test on Thursday, failed it, but not by much. He's feeling better. Um, doesn't have any headaches. Just struggling a bit at the minute to concentrate to the thing he said. It's just that's the bit that's been uh, probably a bit slower coming to fruition. Just He just feels a bit vague at the minute. But he said he's getting better. So, look, we're, we're guided by the Medicaid here. You know, if there's any doubt he won't play, um, 
if you know Harris is as keen as mustard to get back, but you know, we'll, um, he, he also knows that unless he's 100, percent that it won't happen. So the scan on Monday should determine whether the bleeding on the brain's dissipated, and then post that, he can, you know, he, he's able to walk only at the moment. So you know, once the uh, brain bleed sort of gets sorted, then he can probably get back into training, and then we'll just take it from there. But I, I wouldn't have thought. You know, it's going to be four or five weeks minimum. I would have thought, even on on, a, on its best case. So, yeah. Do you Greg, have to adjust the way or talk to Harris about the way he plays, Swanee? Do you think that that'll be a discussion you have to have, given what we've seen with Jonathan Brown across the journey with these repeat incidents? Yeah, look, he's he's incredibly brave in, in the air, especially. Like, he, yeah, you're right. I mean, the incident that happened, he was back with the flight of the ball and. Because he's actually a really good reader of the plane, a good zoner, so he's always sort of coming off and helping, you know, the the, the next pair down, if you like. So you're right, that's something that uh, Fogs will talk about. But it's and you know yourself, King, it's hard to train that out of people. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. it's like a natural thing; they just do it. And mm. um, you know, it was interesting, you know, after that happened and the debate about some coaches saying that people, you know, be smarter. Um, nobody's going to kill you if you don't uh, go back for the flight. So hopefully. You know, look, I have no doubt that subconsciously it might make him change a little bit because, uh, you know, it was a big hit. He's, uh, he, you know, he had a, the first week he had a really sore sternum where he'd hit the ground. I think he hit chest first and might have sort of tweaked a couple of um, rib cartilages. So he was, re- he was struggling more to breathe than the headache part at one stage. But that's, that's fixed itself. So um, yeah. never, never paid yeah. the bills going back with the flights. One of you know, that. <laughs> people get hurt doing that stuff. I was never a fan. Um, no. Can I ask you about the? We talk a lot about the impact of, of Luke Hodge on a young group. If you were, say, you were to put yourself in the Gold Coast Sun situation at the moment, would you recommend that they go down that path with a senior, experienced player who may not be able to play their best football, but can educate these young kids and just show them? The professionalism and just let us in a little bit on on what Hodgie's done for your your guys. Oh, I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Especially you know the, the younger you are, the more that you need that sort of on field guidance. You know, and he, it's you know it's interesting. Last week it's before the Freo game, I was talking to some of the Freo people about it, and um, you know, and, it, and it's hard. Like I, I'm giving massive raps what he's done here, and then people look at you and go, oh yeah, but you've only won one game at that stage. But it's not so much that. It's just the way. You know, he's the on-field general. He gets them all in spaces. I mean, we just think that, yeah, but Harris, before he got hurt, we thought he was nearly an all-Australian defender. Well, you know, that's because Hodges helped him. Alex Witherden's playing better every week. Um, you know, Darcy Gardner, like, he's still only a young fella as well. And and if you talk to them about the influence he's had, I mean, they just they can't speak highly enough. So, and Fraig's always thought that that was the case. It's, it's all very well and good, you know, you're telling people what to do from the box, but on the grounds where it happens and... He's been uh, outstanding in that space for us. And, you know, uh, having not done, you know, we had a fair debate about it because, you know, we've probably, you know, we, everyone wants to play youth, 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 but it's been uh, for us um, a, a fantastic uh, get to get him in and um, and help those young blokes get better. And, look, he's playing, like last week he was really solid. The week before he got coaches' votes, he's actually playing really well too. So that's... That's a bonus too. So, so, so yeah. if Mark Evans rang you, Swanee, and said, "Look, you know, we're in this position. We might lose some senior players. Where we'd like to to get like a, a Jared McVeigh or someone like that, you'd say, yeah, that that's you know, it's a good idea if you get the right yeah, player.' Yeah, oh, look, I think Mark, yeah, Mark would know that anyway. I oh, know. No, no, GWS sort of did a similar thing when they had all the kids. You know, they got Luke Power and 
um, you know, it's, it's about the person that comes in as well, you know, and, and they, they all know that their best foot is behind them but, and they know what they're here for. And I think that's, uh, you know, even some of those young GWS guys, I think they talk about uh, Chad Corns and, you know, the Lurky Powers and I think uh, James McDonald was there for a bit. You know, yeah. those guys are invaluable. And, um, I mean, even just looking out the ground now, and might be a bit biased, but I see Beansy's having a chat to Daisy Thomas. Well, Daisy will be doing that with the, the Carlton young blokes down the back, you know, just trying to help them play better footy and things. So, yeah, you can't, you can't underestimate the value of that experience and... Um, you know, and if they're willing to uh, help with the education of the young blokes, it's it's a it's a huge plus for you. Greg, what about the build-up for today's game? Um, coming in as favourites, have you have you have you have you noticed any difference in the in the temperature of the group of, of coming in as you know expecting to win today? Yeah, we we spoke about that. The first time for a while we've been favourites. Uh, we spoke earlier in the week about trying to win. You know two in a row and then even seeing what happens post that. So, um, no, the confidence is the confidence is good, obviously, on the back of last week. Um, but, you know, we know Carlton have been, other than that sort of half against Breo, where, I don't you know, it was a bit of an aberration. They've been pretty solid as well. They've been competitive. You know, last, I think they were level with Collingwood at three-quarter time last week, saying, um, you know, they've been pretty good as well. And... Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good test for us. I think one of the other things we've pushed is, you know, both both lists have got those, you know, really exciting young talent. We're probably going to be battling against each other for the next four or five years as we hopefully come up the ladder. So it's a good chance to maybe put a stamp on that to to show uh, that maybe our kids are better than theirs. And we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Swanee, can I ask you something a little bit uh, off beam? The the footy department cap, the the cap spending to, as an equalisation measure. Do you feel that, that 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 is actually a viable, workable model, given how hard it is for you guys to get peripheral staff or assistant coaches and, and, and the like uh, to build to build your program, given the challenges of being up north? Yeah. Do you think that do you think that that's still a viable measure? Uh, yeah, it's a good question because one of the, you're, you're right. When we chase people to come here, there's probably Obviously, if, if they're a Victorian, there's 10 Victorian clubs they might have a choice to go to, and then we might have to pay a little bit extra to get them up here. At the moment, we're under that cap, so we're, we're okay in that space. But, you know, I remember even back when I was at Collingwood, and you know, I know it was, on, it was an on field thing, but, you know, we had the retention allowance up here. I think it was about 600 grand, and then it, it disappeared. But it's a similar thing with the players. You've, you've, you've all, invariably, to keep them, there's a little bit of a premium on it to. Um, yeah, you because know, the managers are smart enough to say, "Oh, there's a lot of interest in Victoria," and so you might just pay a little bit of a premium to keep keep the playing list together. So, look, as we grow, that might become a challenge, but at the moment, it's not too bad. Do you think you probably... need an extra allowance? Do you think that it would be wise for the AFL to give give a bit extra for those those challenged clubs up north? Uh, look, it, it could do. Like, there's a few levers to pull. It's a bit like um, you know the debate now about what happens in Queensland, we'll say, with the Suns. But, you know, there's there's obviously the money aspect, which is what you're touching on. But I think the AFL haven't pulled the lever as hard as they possibly could with the, the picks, you know, like the priority pick. And I know there's been debate about the priority pick or, you know, whether if you've missed the finals for a certain amount of time, you just get it automatically. And some of those debates, I think they, they're important as well because if you can fix the on-field, then the off-field and the money side of it actually takes care of itself. I mean, even... I mean, this is an example this week. So... On Friday, uh, last Friday, we had an estimate of this game of about sixteen and a half thousand, 
and then we won on uh, whatever it was Sunday, and then Monday and Tuesday we sold uh, nearly four thousand tickets. You know, so the people are out there waiting for you to win. So if that can be helped, whether it's you know a pick at the end of the first round or whatever it is, uh, I think that's that's also important, and that'll help with you know with our finances and everything else that happens. But you know, that's something that. Um, the AFL will probably look at it hopefully over the next few weeks. Are you before we let you go, Swanee? Are you prepared to trade whether it's pick one, two, or three? You get to to get a player up here. Oh, look, I mean, yeah, we've always. I mean, we had a few first rounders last year and traded pick twelve for Charlie Cameron, and so yeah, we, we'll trade for the right person. I mean, he was only twenty three, fitted perfectly what we needed. It was just unfortunate he got hurt because he was uh, he was having a ripper year and. Um, you know, and he's exciting and brings people to the game and all the things that you want. So, yeah, no, we, we've shown that we're prepared, prepared to do that. It's a pretty good draft, certainly at the top end. So yeah. it'd have to be a pretty special deal for us to do something. But you just, you know, we're, we're, we never go in with linkers on, that's for sure. So if, it's, if there's a good deal to be had, we'll try and do it. Swanee, we appreciate your time, even if you didn't quite make the effort to <laughs> walk across the ground and come up and see us up on high well, here. I can see. Actually, I, yeah, anyway, it's a long way up, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, thanks, for your, th- thanks for your time right. and good luck today. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Thank you. Greg Swan, Brisbane CEO. Big game for the Brisbane Lions up against the Blues here at the Gabba. Up next, the crunch, more of the other issues that are floating around the footy world. And, uh, of course, uh, Bob Murphy, Adam Cooney and David King with their thoughts uh, coming your way. This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Another big day in round 16, which of course began on Thursday night with the Cats win over Sydney on the road at the SCG. And then the domination of the Tigers over the Adelaide Crows last night at the G. But plenty of questions in the wider football world. And of course, as we get into the crunch, all the talk this week has been about the Hawks being a chance to recruit Tom Lynch on the back of salary cap relief via Silrioli's retirement. So I asked the question to our panel, David King, uh, Robert Murphy and Adam Cooney. Does this sound like the Hawks are in the hunt? Well, I think well, you can't trust <laughs> Clarko, unfortunately. So with the, they're very clever. They're very sneaky with the way that they recruit the Hawks. I know that... Uh, they don't want to pay a player at Hawthorne over a million dollars. But I think when it comes to a player like Tom Lynch, who uh, is a free agent this year, I think they'll have to. If he wa- if Tom Lynch puts his hand up and says, I want to go to Hawthorne, I think they do everything they can, the Hawks and Alistair Clarkson, to get him there. I don't King, know, I King, don't... Is, it a, is it a ruse? Is, it a, is, it a, is that the cover story for the, what the Hawks are really up to? I was ch- chatting to Andy Marr during the week, and that, that, was, that was his kind of clandestine... Uh, theory. What, what, do you, you, what do you think about that, King? Well, do you think it is? I, mean, I, 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 <laughs> no, haven't, I haven't heard that theory before. No, I mean either had I, but it, it 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 did kind of it did kind of intrigue me. People always speculate about Hawthorne, don't they? And Clarko's got this something up his sleeve. Let, let's hear what he did have to say yesterday. We'd battle in terms of the cap space. I yeah. reckon he'd come at a really solid price, and our club has not been in the game where we've played really really big prices. Not to any player, including including Bud, who's been a ripper for Sydney, but we couldn't afford him. So in, in a lot of cases, that excludes us. You know, they spoke about Hawthorne being, being linked to Dusty yeah. Martin last year. We never spoke to Dusty Martin. It was never our intention to because we just knew 
we weren't going to be in the in the market for the type of money that they were going to pay. So that's I think pre-retirement, pre-silver retirement, isn't it? That was from the couch on Monday night. Um, in your mind, Bob, what should their priority be then? Do you with Coons that that it should be Lynch, or do you think it's someone else? Um, I think when when you talk about players of, of that quality, and, and we all sort of, I think we all generally hold Tom Lynch in the the very top bracket of of what he could be, and, and some of the stuff that he's done, he becomes the priority. I think. I mean, well, I, I don't know the inner workings of, of how they operate, obviously, but I think if they're if they're a chance to get him, um, I think with with Ruffy, you know, thirty. I think they'd be pretty happy to get their hands on him. I think that's the big thing, isn't it? You look at Jared Roughhead, and he's been such a terrific player over a long period of time. He looks like he's starting to slow down, and O'Brien hasn't come on as a forward king. You just think that there will be a real gap in the Hawthorne forward line coming up in the next two to three years. They have to look to the future, and if it's Tom Lynch, if they have to pay one $1.2 million to get Tom Lynch, I think... I think Alistair Clarkson will have to put his hand up and make that a priority for the Hawks. I don't think they'll be paying 1.2. I think that Hawthorne will say, this is what we've got. You either take it or leave it. You come and play for the Hawthorne Football Club. We've got the bulk of the players here on reduced contracts. They're premiership stars. Uh, they're top liners. But I think the challenge... Which, which, would have, which would appeal to him, wouldn't it, Kingy? I mean, the first eight years of his time in the league, he's, he's been... You know, they've been kicked and you know belted Irrelevant, every week yeah. at the Gold Coast. So you might, the, the, the money might not be the such the the priority that we think it is. To, to, uh, the money's not it? the priority. The yeah. money's definitely. I mean, he's getting well paid wherever he goes or whether he stays. The well, money, they'll be able to match. They'd be able to match any offer. Well, park, park the money because I don't even think that's a factor really. I mean, it's just about. Uh, everyone says it's about winning flags. I don't even think it's about winning flags for him. I just he's winning one in every four games. I mean, it's about being competitive week in week out. Being able to function as a as a solo forward. I mean, I look at Jack Rewalt last night, and he's able to pretty much. There's times where he's two on one, but pretty much play one on one for the bulk of the game. What would Tom Lynch give for that opportunity? I mean, most game plans now are targeted around stopping Lynch, don't allow him space, um, because they really know that the Gold Coast have only got a couple of cylinders to fire on. So, I, I think the excitement around Tom Lynch. Going to Hawthorne would be on the back of playing underneath Alistair Clarkson. There is no other reason. And a stable club. You're playing big crowds every week. Uh, MCG. Bigger, bigger crowds with Richmond and Collingwood, though. Yeah, bigger crowds. Yes, and, true. But and, and that's why I wanted to ask you, I want to just explore this, um, the, the notion of Hawthorne and what it offers. And obviously Clarkson is a huge uh, character to go and play. But the rest of the team, you know, where, where do we feel it's at? I, I know you're saying it's not about premierships, but... He'll, he'll do or his people will do some sort of list analysis, Kingy, and, and, and think what's the best team to go to and where, where, where are they at? Because the last thing he wants to do is go to a team that's going to fall down the other side. So are you really strong and confident that think Hawthorne are in a sweet enough spot to be right up there again? I think the what Alistair Clarkson does with his list is he knows exactly where this list is. He'll know exactly how many players away. I, I think the challenge at the moment is... You've got to get your four stars that you can build around. You've got to get four to five stars, similar to what Richmond have done, similar to what the Dogs did before that. Clarkson went out and got O'Meara and Tom Mitchell, and, and, and I think a fair percentage of the footy world questioned that move at the time, and they gave away some marquee uh, first-round selections to get that done over a couple of seasons. And now that looks like a, a genius move. And, and I think that they'll say, if Lynch is the next P in the pod, well... Whatever we have to pay, we pay. If it's a million dollars a year, if it breaks a little bit of our uh, structure over the last three to four years, well, so be it. Because a million dollars now isn't what it was 
four to five years no, ago. No, definitely not. So th- th- the landscape's changed. Well, when you're looking at paying a million dollars to a player like Jordan Degoe over a five-year contract, that just goes to show how much the landscape has changed. And you look at the Hawks, Cyril gone now. We mentioned Roughhead, ageing. Um, so you, you have to make those decisions and look two to three years down the, in the future. Sean Burgoyne as well will be gone in. He might play on again next year. He's starting to get some soft tissue stuff. Can I so ask you, though? Can I, can I get back to Tom Lynch and just ask you, what is Tom Lynch? Is he the Tom mm. Lynch that we saw of a couple of seasons ago where he, I think he took uh, in excess of 60... He took 62 contested marks and he kicked 66, 66 goals. goals so. But he's become a two-goal-a-game contributor since then and probably his contested marking is almost halved. So, so what are you getting with Tom Lynch is my question. And is that... And is that the $1.2 million type? It's the prospect of the future, Tom Lynch. And you, you, you build... It's, it's what, no he did last, what he did last year is his game. Now, he's had an inconsistent season, as have the Gold Coast Suns. He's not 100% fit at the moment, Tom Lynch. You look at him going forward, put him in Richmond's forward line, put him in Collingwood's forward line, put him in Hawthorne's forward line. He's a 60-70 to 70 goal forward easily at his best. Easily. Okay. Well, there's not, there's so not you're not players. convinced, Kingy? Oh, I'm not convinced. Oh, look... How many players kick 60, 70 goals a year at the moment? I mean, we'd be lucky to have two. So I, I don't necessarily think he's, he's that player. Um, he has been that player, but he... he so the not, injuries of... It'll be nine years into his AFL career. So he's, what are you worried not, about not, with Tom Lynch? I'm, you're not playing on potential. I mean, this guy is in his football prime. This is what he is. So I, I don't think it's like buying a Dugowie. But he has because delivered Dugowie's that. 21, 22 years of age. He's got 10 years in front of him, and the upside's enormous. So the, this is the, the art of recruiting. I mean, you spend if you're going to spend that volume, you have to be 100% bulletproof that the spend is 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 worthy of the of the uh, of the cost. He so kicked 66 goals in 2016, didn't he? So he has, as you said, he has been that player. 44 before. and 20 since. Yeah. So, so they paid seven. It was about the $700,000 year mark for O'Meara, and that was a speculative one coming into Hawthorne. That's starting to pay dividends now. I can, I can definitely see the Hawks taking... And I don't think it's as much of a punt as getting Jago O'Meara to their football club and, uh, and also Tom Mitchell. So I think there's a huge amount of upside with Tom Lynch if he does go to Hawthorne, if they can get that deal done. If they want to play at Hawthorne, generally, that player goes to the Hawks. So we'll wait and see. Kingy, last year you said the Suns were 18 months away from a rebuild. If Lynch and, and then Stephen May both leave, how dire is it for the Suns? Well, I'm a bit different on everyone else here. I, I don't think you correct the Suns necessarily by just giving them draft picks. Uh, this, this has been a club that's rebuilt three times. Uh, I, we said the same thing when O'Meara and Presti were going to leave. People laughed because they said, oh, we've got these co-captains, they're going to be awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if both co-captains are gone at the end of this season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's two to three others walk out the door. And I don't think, I don't think that's a disaster. Some do. I, I think this is the perfect time to say, OK, this, this phase, this wave didn't work. We've got to reset, but it's not necessarily about just what talent walks in the door and what draft picks they are. It's about getting the club right. And, and I think they're doing some wonderful things behind the scenes. I think the AFL need to buy in here and, and, and find uh, a way to, to get this group together, to actually make it a football club, to allow them to build a culture. Similar to what they did with Breakfast Point with GWS. Get their group together, embed them um, in, into the area, and then build your club, and then give it a chance to survive. I just think if we throw money and we throw draft picks uh, at this club right now without spending on the extras around the edges, we're wasting our time. Bob, what's your reading of, of the Suns' predicament? Do you share some of Kingy's views? or 
Is it more dire than that? I, I think King. I think King's view is is true of any club in in the land. That if and I, I don't. I'm not on the ground there. King seems to have more information about what's going on behind the scenes than what than what than what I do or what, or what you do. Well, so certainly, I, I, it makes makes absolute sense. If if the foundations aren't there, like building houses, if the foundations aren't there. It doesn't matter what you put on top. It's gonna it's gonna fall apart. But the, I mean, I'm interested about the Stephen May thing. How, how has that gotten legs? Is that, is that just the football rumour mill, or is there is that from I, managers or clubs? I, well, I don't think anyone really knows. Well, there's obviously he knows, but um, Stephen May is managed by Ned Guy. Was, sorry, was managed by Ned Guy, who is now the Collingwood list, list manager. So whether that's just people putting two and two together, I'm not suggesting anything you know, malicious yep. there, but whether that is just people putting two, two and two together... Or it is that view that last time there seemed to be... There are you clubs know, in Uimata. Yeah, oh, of course there, there is. There, and, and, and call a spade a spade. I mean, it, it, he's out of contract and, and an unrestricted free agent at the next, end of next year. Yeah, so, so that's that's, what that's why it's on the radar right now. Because the Suns can't wait till the end of next year. To get what? To get pick three in next year's draft? They can't wait for that. If they're going to reset, get yourselves organised. Going, oh, yeah, if, I agree if with I you. That there, if, you, if, you be... if you're going to, you know, we talk about rebuild. This is a this is a different thing, is it? This might be, a, you know, without you know, we all put a name on it, but whether it's a reboot or the people that are here are here to stay, and this is and we're here to build it and and, and hang around. They, they could have Bob. They could have seven, eight selections inside the top thirty this year if if May and Lynch were to move on. And and who knows what an Aaron Hall's doing? I mean, we hear a lot of rumours about him. There's a couple of others around the around the edges. If there's if there's a twenty percent thought process that they're gone at the end of next year, get them out now. So who yeah. guides them? Hypothetically, May and Lynch leave the club. You, you mentioned the draft picks that could possibly come in. Then who guides them? Who who are their leaders yeah, when exactly. they get to the football club and start again? It's almost like the culture to start with, the, the Caval Avenue culture. Like Who actually settles them down? Is it Stuart Jew? Do they try and get some mature recruits? Does well, Jerry McVeigh go up there? Yeah, that was the suggestion from Peter Swab, and I think it's a it's a pretty sound one. There's no doubt they'll be thinking about that. I, I, feel, I, I do feel that, you know, letting Stephen... I, I, look, you probably almost swung me around on it, to be honest, Kingy, but... And speaking to a few people about it, but it just seems like when is this going to stop? And and you talk about a couple of players around the edges. Well, a couple of those players around the edges were top ten draft picks two years ago Doesn't that have been talk, I, talked. I don't think about. that matters though, Hutto, because well, if uh, they don't want to be there. You're never going to get the best out of them. It doesn't matter what pick they walk in the place. But there's no guarantee that the next six or seven draft picks is going to be any no, different. But, that, but that's also the opportunity. And I know we all, everyone kind of assumes Tom Lynch is gone, and now we start to think, oh, okay, well, it sounds like you know, Stephen May might be as well. It would be, I think it would be a, it's a great opportunity for those two if to say, no, we're staying and this, and we're here to stay, and we're going to help build this club. Yeah, well, that's that's the ob- obviously great. very. That's, that's a twenty percent chance by by well, all it's still twenty percent. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. chance. Yeah. It's, a, it's a low. <laughs> it's a low twenty. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think the Gold Coast to be planning for that. All right, we'll take a break. We've got plenty more to discuss in the crunch. This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See Honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Welcome to Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers. Save lives, getting us towards zero. Anthony Hudson here alongside Bob Murphy. We're at the Gabba, Adam Cooney and David King. Back in Melbourne, we're getting closer to Saturday football. Uh, Boys, we're still working through the crunch. Why has it taken the Saints to round 15 to find their mojo? Uh, I'll start with you on that one, Bob. (laughs) Nice, easy one. Easy question. Um, 
Well, the honest answer is we don't know, but things got pretty dire. Um, there was there was talk of meetings at various points about simplifying things, but I think it came back to not not tactical things. It came back to appetite because that was the thing they'd hung their hat on was the the pressure and and intensity they brought to and they had an evenness which which we saw in the first half of the year just was completely was completely gone and then that affected confidence and the the kicking was deplorable and the goal kicking was not much better i think i think we talked about foundations earlier i think they got back to a bit of that pressure and they started to feel good about it again and they started to get some some link up in their ball movement is it's fair to say there's going to be some restructure at the footy club king is there a chance they'll actually emerge stronger from all of this and and actually be a better chance of going further Ah, oh, it's guesswork, isn't it? It is. I mean, yep. that, I mean, you had uh, Peter Summers on earlier in the year, Hutto, and he, he's he's of the opinion this is a top four list now. I think that was a, an error of speech as much as anything. But well, any, anyway, well, it's an error of it's of, a bad of error, some sort, error of judgment. Honest, <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't subscribe to that, and I don't know many that would. But I think what they've been waiting for, and it's it's been a logical um, viewpoint from outside looking in, they've been waiting for a, a young star to, to emerge. And maybe we're seeing that with Jay Gresham. Four goals last week, all at crunch times. The big goal the week before against the Suns to get them get them off the uh, off the losing streak. And maybe they were just waiting for someone to say, "Listen, you know what? It's not about Seb Ross and Jack Stephen anymore. It's not about uh, Jay Carlisle. Who's they're all experienced players. They've been waiting for a youngster to jump up and say, "I'm the future." He's got to get fitter. He's got to become a prime midfielder for this group. He's the class coming through. Billings. Hasn't been that player. And they've good to, last they'll week, have a Billings. decision to make there, whether they just roll on and, and, and hope for him to get better. But I think Gresham's the one that's, uh, that's the, that got the torch on the front of his head and he's leading the way. Yeah, I, I agree. And they actually found a bit of spark and a bit of speed with their ball movement last week against the Dees. We know they're a very contest-focused team, Melbourne. But once the ball got to the outside last week, St Kilda, for once this season, actually looked fast and, and there was a speed... Jack Sinclair, I think, has a huge role to play in that as well. It's probably the best game that he's ever played for the Saints last week. You add Gresham into that. They actually had a bit of run and a bit of dash and dare about their game last week, which we haven't seen for the majority of this season. You still have faith in Melbourne, Coons? I do, yeah, because their game plan, I think, stacks up when it comes down to the crunch time in September. And the contest is king in finals. You've got to get there. We know that. They're the number one contested ball team in the competition. They addressed that after last week. They've brought in Spargo, Stretch and Garlett. So they knew last week that they got exposed for speed. Simon Goodwin's made those changes and got some quick players into their side. So I still have faith in Melbourne. Not as much faith as I think we had a month ago, but I think we got seduced by who they played. And uh, I think after the Adelaide Crows game where Melbourne obliterated them there, we all thought, oh, hang on. We, we sat up and took notice, but we didn't realise what dire position that the Crows were in at that stage. Bob, Bob when you look at Melbourne... I think you see all the tools. They've got all the ingredients. Yeah. And it's just a matter of... I think they've had to try a few things with Lever going down. They've had to look at... I mean, it's all about winning finals. It's not about making them. It's about winning. It's almost that's, pointless. That's my, that's my thing with Melbourne. I, I think if they, can, if they can get themselves in... But then I think if... Like a couple of sides, if Melbourne win their first final, I think yeah. they get almost like a double bounce because they get that monkey off the back. And then, and then as we've seen, it's, it's who, whose hot streak can, can go after Richmond. That's, that's, what, that's what the situation we might find ourselves in again. I think when you look at, um, and we did these numbers a couple of weeks ago, with, uh, with Luffy, if, you, if you're playing a top eight team on their home ground interstate, you win one in every four. They've got to avoid going to Port Adelaide. They've got to avoid 
uh, going to, to Perth. They've got to avoid playing Richmond at the MCG. There's so many things to avoid. Um, they've got to get themselves. They've got to get themselves into fifth, sixth position, um, if not a top four, because they can't be travelling in that first week. Is it they a men- is it a mental thing for the Demons, Kingy? Is that because that's the kind of that's the that's the broad brushstroke that's used at the moment that the, they get the wobbles on the big stage. You, do you kind of? No, I, I don't think it is. I, I, I think they've matured a lot this year. We we didn't see this this season any of the rubbish of the off field stuff that we saw last year. I mean, there's been. None of the Instagram carry-on. There's been none of the um, in-game suspensions and, tr- and just trivial matters that they've been getting involved in over the last 18 months. We haven't seen that this year. I, I think that the use of Viney was an error last week. He should never be their, their first pick tagger. He's their bull. He's their match winner in the middle. I think Petrarch has got... If he hasn't got 40% improvement still in him, I'll go he. Um, he's been disappointing this year. He's kicked 10 goals. He averages 20 touches. This is a player that, if you're going to play him in the midfield, he's never had more than 25 disposals. I mean, that staggers me. Yeah. So you've got to give up on the midfield. It's like playing Stringer in the midfield. You've got to give up on that. It's a pinch hit. And just there. play them where they play their best yeah. footy. He, oh. He's a pseudo centre forward. Yeah, add, well, add Hogan and Tom McDonald into that. I think um, they love starting Tom McDonald on a wing, and he can push forward and kick a goal, and then he goes forward. But And Hogan's a bit of a roamer too, getting a lot of the footy upfield. They're still dominating, and I'm not the stats man, you are, Kingy, but they've been dominating inside 50s the last fortnight with getting no result from them. Hogan and Tom McDonald, in my opinion, both need a start deep. Hogan the deepest forward and Tom McDonald roaming inside 50 as well because they need those targets in there to kick to. All right, a couple of super quick ones to finish off the day. The match coming up is Carlton and Brisbane at the Gabba. 17th plays 18th. In Almost in a word, who's closer to a flag out of Brisbane and Carlton with the list as you assess right now? <laughs> Whoever loses this game today and gets the number one draft pick is closer to a flag. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> I think the number one draft pick's a good discussion. If Carlton end up with the number one pick, the Adelaide Crows are desperate to get hold of that number one pick. It could become become two picks and a player, or it could become two players and a pick. Um, So for me, it's not about one selection. It's about about volume. So... Mm. And we talked about that with the Crows at the start of the show, yeah. didn't we? So um, there's a big, there's a big, uh, big decision to make. But uh, look, uh, the Lions have been really exciting, Hutto. But we're getting exciting about where they've come from. They've come from a very low base. All right, in a, in a, a very short period of time, Bob, tell me, is the loss of John O'Patton a fatal blow to the Giants' premiership hopes? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I was holding out some hope. Cameron, obviously a huge loss, and I thought Patton was going to be his moment to, to shoulder a lot of that responsibility. That really, really, really hurts them. They're lucky they're playing a forwardless West Coast Eagles tomorrow, so there's still a chance if they can get the get enough points before Cameron comes back. Thanks for being with us on Crunch Time. Thank you, Kingy and Coons. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the call, boys. You too. Crunch Time, of course, for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives. Getting us towards zero. Up next from the Gabba, you can hear the call of Brisbane versus Carlton. And, of course, uh, as we've been discussing, it's 17th versus 18th. Thank you, Bob. Looking forward to the rest of round 16. Thanks, Hello. And you're going to stay with us. So uh, that's it for Crunch Time. As we said, with thanks to Honda and the TAC on this Saturday afternoon at the Gabba. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.